Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am sitting down with Kate Solari Baker, who is the president of Lark Mead Vineyards in the Napa Valley. She is also featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families. Kate, it is really quite lovely to have a little of your time today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be so much fun because, for me at least, because I haven't had a chance to really get acquainted with you. So not only will our listeners get a chance to learn all about you, but I will too. I look forward to it. So let's dive right in. I always like to know what your first occupation was. What was your first full-time job ever? Well, I have to say I'm a little embarrassed about that because I am from a generation and from a family that was patriarchal that didn't really push for us to work. Um, I virtually had babysitters until I was about 16. And I didn't have I didn't have a job. Right. I had finally one summer had a vacation from I w- went to Dominican convent in San Rafael. I was a boarder there and one summer I worked for a uh, nonprofit where I w- went downtown to San Francisco and did that. And then that was really it until I went to, um, I finished my senior year at UCLA and there was a professor, I was in the English department and the professor, one of my professors wanted me to be a teacher's assistant. So that was really my first job. And I think I was paid a pittance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it was appropriate at that time. Yeah, well, it was fine with me. I was very excited. So you were a teacher's assistant at UCLA in the English department. Okay. Fast forward, your family is rich in history here at Lark Mead. Yes. And your parents, they purchased this property in 1948. They did. It's sort of an interesting story because my father was born in Italy he came to California. His father had been here. He was he come early in the 1900s, and he saved money to send for my father and um, his wife, my grandmother. And it took a long time because World War One happened, and so he didn't come until my dad was nine, and he came to Geyserville. And Geyserville, um, at the time, the big family there and the big industry there was Italian Swiss Colony. And at the end of the day, my dad was the head of United Vintners, which included Italian Swiss Colony. Ah. So it was this full circle. And the people who owned Italian Swiss at the time sent their daughters to Dominican convent. So my father somehow incorporated that into his, you know, must pay attention to that. So both my sister and I were fired off to Dominican convent Okay, for high school. But your father got uh, over to the Napa Valley because he married a a woman from Napa. He did. What happened is 
After World War II and the Depression, Prohibition, when it was Prohibition, those three things happened in the, in the early 20th, first half of the 20th century. Italian-Swiss colony, like a lot of industries and a lot of businesses in the Napa Valley, were moribund. And um, this property came up, and through a sort of labyrinthine process, Italian-Swiss, just at the time that my father was being hired to uh, run the sales department of Italian-Swiss, discovered that, that uh, Larkweed was for sale. Uh, the people who owned it, there were two widows left. The, the husbands, one, I think they were uncle and nephew. They had both died, and so Larkweed was for sale. And, um, and my dad found out about it, came and looked at it, and bought it. It was very fast. And our first harvest was so good that we retired the mortgage. Oh, wow. <laughs> Perfect. So you can imagine the price would be very different than what it is today. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Just to move the story along, you and your husband took over the, the property. property in 1993. That's right. That's right. So let's talk about when you... You came into the picture, and what your vision was for the property? Well, both uh, my husband and I, I grew up here, but I really knew next to nothing about growing grapes. Great growing, <laughs> right, because my husband was an attorney in the city. So when we got here, uh, my father had died in 84. My mother asked my brother to kind of take over running the property. Which he did, but he he was not a grape grower either. So he planted a, a lot of things here at this property that when we got here in 93, we thought were not appropriate. Um, this is really, for the most part, red grape. We had to take everything up and start again, replant, um, <laughs> There was a period of, there was something called black goo. What's which, black, black goo? Black <laughs> goo, which occurred during that time because there had been a lot of phylloxera in the valley, and so there were many, many vineyards that had to be torn up and start again, and so the uh, nurseries had ramped up its rapid pace to get a lot of new grapes, uh, vines out to the people who were replanting. And in the process, this thing called black goo happened. So we had planted a number of acres with black goo, and we had to take them all out again. Oh, my goodness. So it was a lot. And the good news is that we had some savings, so we could do this. uh, Because needless to say, it was very expensive to start all over again. And you have 110 acres here. Well, we have 150 acres altogether, 110 in vines. Planted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, imagine planting even just part of that and then having to take it out yeah. because of this black goo. It's not good. Not, not good. good. And so we also had a few blips along the way because we hired different people to help us. And um, we weren't particularly lucky. It took us a while. <laughs> to get the right person to help us who was knowledgeable and was familiar with this part of the valley. 
you know, what's appropriate here as opposed to other places. What would really thrive yes. in this yes. in this area. So, so you ended up planning primarily to Bordeaux varietals. We did. Almost, yes. In fact, everything is Bordeaux varietal. Which and, is, and Sauvignon Blanc, which is also one. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So that basically means that you have Malbec, Petit Bordeaux, Merlot, Cap Franc, and like you said, Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So... And things here look very healthy and very good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, they're doing very well. When you guys came on board in 93, a few years later, after you, you replanted those vines a few times, you decided to build a winery here in 2006, and you hired Howard Backen. His, Howard Backen. I love his work, and he's fantastic. So how did you make that choice? Well, it's funny because our home in Marin County, when we first moved to Belvedere, our next door neighbors was Howard Backen. So those two <laughs> were our neighbors and they became very good friends. Okay. And we had a number of organizations that we belonged to together. So on our house in Belvedere, we really needed some attention. It's a house that was built in 1908. Oh, wow. So we wanted to redo the kitchen and Howard designed it for us in, in about 78, I want to say. And it was wonderful, and it's to this day, it's wonderful, and it um, gives me great joy all the time. So some years later, when we got to the place where we decided we needed to build a winery, we weren't going to build a winery. That wasn't really part of our plan. Our plan was simply to sell grapes. But um, when it was determined, we at the time, Andy Smith was our winemaker, and we were making wine in Oakville at the Napa Wine Company. And he um, said, I can do a whole lot better if I don't have to share tanks and, you know, where they have this protocol where you get to use their facility X amount of time and then you're out. And if he wasn't ready to be out, he had no choice. Right. So he convinced Cam that we really needed to build a winery. So, and, um, and just for our listeners, uh, Cam is your husband. Cam is my husband. Right. And at the time, we started, not this where we are now, but we just built the winery the at the front, room. the tasting right. room, and the, and the, what now looks like a barn, but that's where the uh, original winery was. And then in 2012, we added this. And you, you were so happy with Howard's work yeah. at your home. You, yeah. Said, yeah. Well, why not take on this project? Right. So, well, we talked to several different architects, and we knew what Howard had done before. He hadn't really, the only winery he had done was maybe one, I think there was one in Sonoma. It was pretty new for him to do that. But we, we liked the fact that he was really interested in having it look indigenous, like it belonged to mm -hmm. this place. And a barn and a farmhouse, which is essentially what these look like in a way, um, that fit with our aesthetic. We had no interest in being grand. You know, that was not. We wanted it to be like it belonged here. And it does. It's a charming property. Very inviting. Yes, I think so. We love it. And our daughter did the landscaping, which I think has been a huge addition as well. Yes, your daughter Anne, she... From what I discovered is she planted a lot of native plants on she the did. property. She did, drought-resistant 
and that you guys were working towards becoming organic and we certified, are. and you are now? Yes, we are, and also we've done a lot of restoration here because there had been the Napa River had run over the banks and, and the also the erosion also on Selby Creek it had happened. Sand got into the vineyard, which you can't have. So we had to do all this work. So Anne had co- contacted people who were knowledgeable about erosion control, and we got the neighborhood. She organized all the neighbors who were also adjacent to this uh, Selby Creek especially, but also the Napa River. And we all worked together to, to do that, to you know plant native plants, native brush, bushes, you know, all along uh, the river and also Selby Creek. And it served you well. It, it has served us well, <laughs> except we did this last, was it two years ago? We had the fire here. We did have some of that. that came, it came across uh, Silverado Trail on Selby Creek and went around and got to the uh, Larkmead Lane to the uh, river and stopped. So some of those trees got burned. And we're waiting because we were told to just wait and, and keep the roots system there so we didn't have, again, erosion. What is the succession plan? I read that your grandkids spend some time here. Is the hope that they will begin to work in the business? We have three grandchildren. Our two oldest, our grandson, just was married here oh, two, awesome. two weeks ago. First wedding we've had at the winery, only wedding we've had at the winery. And his sister is just now gone to um, Kenya. She's getting her degree from Johns Hopkins in public health. So she's gone to Kenya to do her uh, research. So the two of them have always fought over who's going to be the president. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> they I both think that, cross, that they're, yes, they're both convinced that they would take over it very nicely. So we have three children. Our three children all have their own careers. Our decision at this point is we're just, we've just hired a new president that we're very excited about, or not, I'm the president, but actually the new COO, so we're very excited about that, and the kids are really excited about that, and uh, he's very knowledgeable, and he's been... I feel like you have to tell us who he is. His name is David Duckhorn. Oh, a Duckhorn. He's a Duckhorn, and he has been on our advisory committee for years. So he knows Larkmead really well. Sure. And he knows the family really well and vice versa. And uh, we're really excited about it. Well, that is exciting news. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, we're very pleased. So now let's talk about your art, which is, I feel like, your second big passion in life. You're a very versatile artist. I believe in that. I think the thing that really excited me about making art was there's no end to it. You can keep learning. And I started, there was a funny little school that appeared in Belvedere when I was about 45 that had three or four teachers who were teaching art. And I, that time my children were in college or high school and they really didn't want me hanging around all that much and paying attention. <laughs> so I just for the heck of it went down and started these classes. 
and the class initially were drawing classes, and we draw, drew right away from the figure, which is the hardest thing to right. do, to get the human figure right. And it was just wonderful. I loved it. So this was like freeing to me. And I had a teacher who told me I was great and I wanted to believe it. So I just right. took it and went with it. And so I did drawings for a long time, just figures, figurative, figurative drawing. And then from there, I took a class at the College of Arts and Crafts, which at the time was in Oakland. And I took a um, pastel class. And that was just a whole other thing because it was color. And um, it was heaven. So I did that for a long time. I did many big pastel drawings. There's some in, the, in there. Mm-hmm. And I had exhibitions in the city. I sold a lot of my pastel work. And I did that for a long time. And then I read that you have this uh, series called Keeping Accounts. Yes. Which I thought was kind of interesting on a variety of different levels because it's a little bit of history and then it's kind of artistic. So my mother, when we bought Larkmead, my dad was working in the city. And so mother was asked to run the winery in 1948. That was a rarity. Total rarity. Uh, in fact, she she wanted to join the Vintners Association, and she was told she couldn't because she was a woman, which, thank God, has now changed. changed. Right. So she was just sort of thrust into this situation. It was right after Prohibition and Depression and the war, and there were lots of vineyards here that had no place for their grapes. So the fact that my dad was the head of Italian-Swiss colony that had a need for lots of grapes... They could crush the grapes here and send them over the, the, within tanks over to uh, Italian Swiss and Asti. So mother just took it on, and in the process, she had to keep the accounts. So several years after she died, there were these big ledgers that were sitting in the house, in the, sort of in the back room, these cloth-bound, wonderful ledgers that just visually, I thought, were terrific. They had these sort of processes where you had to unscrew them and the rods and all kinds of things it was very complex. So and in these ledgers, with my mother's handwriting, which I swear anybody, at least in my generation, and maybe in yours, would recognize their mother's handwriting instantly. Right. You just know it. So here was my mother's handwriting. Here were names of people in the early part of the valley who were all neighbors really. They, weren't, they didn't come from out of state. They were people who would drop what they were doing at the time and go pick grapes for their friends or their people who needed to have somebody. So there were names that you see now on streets in, in St. Helena. And, um, and, and, over the, and just the fact that all these names and their, what they were paid, the hours they spent, all of that was just magical to me, and I wanted to honor that, and somehow I came up with this idea to do Google Maps of the Napa Valley on top of it, because I think they're really interesting, and I think, and think if you can read all the writing and tells you, you know, who, who oh, is fascinating. there. Yeah, yes. it's, it really is history of, of the Napa Valley. It is. Yeah, and I like that. 
Yes, I do too. What I find interesting about your artwork is that you're so versatile. I mean, most artists find one medium and they kind of stick to it through and through, but you know, your oils, your pastels, your collages, your you started out sketching. Yeah. Um, you there is no end to your But that's what, that's what I like because <laughs> because why should you stop? Well, I agree, but you need um, to learn. So uh, then there are people who say, you know, well, why aren't you doing that? And and I say, because I'm going this other direction. And I think the more you expand your talent and your capability and incorporate different parts of your life, the better it is. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. It seems like a good time to move on to your personal life. You have two homes, one in Belvedere, which is right across the bridge uh, from San Francisco, and then uh, a home up here in Calistoga on your property. I'll let you choose, but if we took a step inside one of your homes, and maybe there are similarities, what would we see? What's your decorating style? The house here at at Larkmead, really has a lot of my parents' influence. Influence and virtually their furniture. Oh, wow. A lot of that. Okay. Because when when she died, we were still really living in, in Belvedere, and we were going back and forth. And, and we didn't do, we did some remodeling, but not very much, really. So it's somebody long time ago stood outside the house and looked at me and says, oh, Sunset Ranch with this sort of expression on okay, their face. Okay, I don't like that. No, it's <laughs> at like all. It, like it was terrible. But I, th- I looked at him, and I happened to know that he lived in a Tuscan villa. And I rolled my eyes, and I said, "Well, at least it's authentic." Ooh, that was good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Which it is. It is very. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now, and now whatever it's been, 30 years later, young people are thrilled with Sunset Ranch, you know, and it works very well up here because it's all flat. It has, you know, light coming in from every side. We have views of the vineyard from every side, and it's fine. But if I want to talk about my personal choice, Mm -hmm. my personal choice is really probably our home in Belvedere because we've been there since 72 and it really has your, it your has, influence. Yes, yeah. and, so. and we when we moved there, it was a home that was built in um, 1908. It's on a place called Corinthian Island, which is tiny little bump in the bay, and it's a brown shingle house. Um, when we moved there, it had a lot of woodwork, wainscoting, and it was all dark brown wood. Cam said. I won't like this house if we change it. And so we left this dark brown wood. However, after a period of time, he allowed us how maybe it was a good idea. And I, we painted it, and it made all the difference. It made it really light. But it has views from every window. It has wonderful views of the bay and of Mount Tam and Richardson Bay and looks at San Francisco. What color did you paint it? Mostly white inside. Mm-hmm. It really brightened it up. Yeah, really brightened it up. We replaced a lot of windows. It has one of these rounded 
window bays that goes three floors. So there's there's a an apartment down in the in the basement, which is a, now a guest area that has its own kitchen and its own bathroom and a sort of sitting room, living room, bedroom, and then there's the main floor. The thing, thing that's great about it is it works every bit as well for me now at 82 as it did when I was in my 40s because you drive up a, a driveway, but you go directly you go directly into the kitchen or the living room on one floor. Perfect. So, so it's perfect. Well, the, the, some of the furniture, it looks modern, but actually it was probably done in the 20s. Uh, you know, brewer tables and chairs and um and i have a wing chair that was my mother's that i love because i always think of her reading on it with you know sitting sideways with her legs over the arm and uh i have a sarnan dining room table and windsor chairs around it so i i like to mix up relatively modern and but sort of antique modern i guess now you'd say that really rather than something that's right this very day. Um, and I like... Uh, classic pieces. Yeah, classic pieces. And also I, I like blue a lot. I have a lot of blue everywhere. What's your favorite color of blue? Or well, shade? I think it's this one. It's sort of French blue. It's not navy blue. It's not... Um, it's a little denim kind yeah, of yeah. reminiscent. Yeah, so... so Kind of natural colors, mm-hmm. uh, and I preferred um, light wood, mostly because when we moved in this house, the, f- the few things I could do is I, I redid all the floors so that they were bleached, since we had all this blood dark, dark wood. <laughs> <laughs> so we bleached the floors, and then we all the furniture that we bought was, you know, uh, at the time it was pine, and I loved that. I love this kind of... Um, distressed look. I like silk and brocade, and but I don't want it for me. It's not, you don't want to live in it. No. Is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Something out of the ordinary. Something crazy that you might have done as a child. Um, have you skydived? Do you rappel down mountains? I don't know. Something <laughs> crazy, Kate. <laughs> well, the craziest thing I ever did was according to my children, is uh, years ago, I wanted to see um, Anita Hill. Oh, okay. I had been absolutely mesmerized by those um, hearings. Right. And um, I heard that she was coming to San Francisco, that there was going to be a luncheon. It was in connection with the University of California Law School. And the dean of the law school was having this luncheon. And I said to my husband, I want to go to this luncheon because I want to meet Anita Hill. And my husband tried, and then he got back to me, and he said, very sorry, it's sold out. You can't possibly do that. I said, I want to do that, and I don't ask very much. This is something that's important to me. I want to do that. So I don't know how he did it, but he got me at the dean's table. Oh, perfect. So I got to the table, and Hillary Clinton's husband was just starting to run, so she was there. So she was a young woman, and she was lovely. She was really beautiful young woman. And Anita Hill was there, and I had decided I wanted to do a portrait of Anita Hill. Mm. So, so I spoke to her and said, I'd like to take your picture, and she said, fine. 
So I climbed up on a chair. Oh, my goodness. To take this photograph of her. I took a bunch of photographs. So when I told my daughter that I had done that, she said, that I'd like to see. See, exactly. Mom <laughs> climbing up on the chair at this luncheon. Anyway, so that was, I'm not. That is a little crazy. <laughs> well, I was, I was obsessed, really. Right. You were determined. To... I was determined. And so what's happened now, what is this? I don't know how many years after that, but it's some time. At least 20, 20 at least years. 20. Yeah. So there is a woman here in the Napa Valley named Ann Gardner, who um, whose family owns the White Barn, and she has a studio in the Industrial Center building where I have, and she has organized, I don't know how many artists, but they all were given, a, I think it's maybe a 12 by 12 panel to do a portrait of some important woman in American history. Oh, that's interesting. Lots of them. So she she had that done some time ago. There was a show here at the White Barn, and now it's going to be at the um, Bay Model in Sausalito, which oh. is this huge space, and my Anita Hill will be in it. There you go. So yeah. people can, yeah. can flock there to yeah. see your version. Yeah. Well, it, so they'll see lots. They're just... Anyone you can think of in, in American history, any woman who's had any sort of uh, renown, is, has her portrait. Fantastic. Yeah. I am going to check that out. Other than your own wine, what do you like to drink at home? Are you a wine girl, or do you like the occasional cocktail? Or beer? Or beer. Well, sometimes I like like a gin uh, fizz. Mm-hmm. Margarita. Oh, so you you like a cocktail every now and then. I like that. I mostly drink white wine. Um, Good thing you make a Sauvignon Blanc. We make a delicious Sauvignon Blanc. So you're a white wine girl and an occasional cocktail. Yeah. Well, I drink red, of course. I I think my our below, which was called Firebell. Right. I love the Firebell story. Yeah, and that was very interesting because Larkmead was named by Lily Hitchcock Coit of Coit Tower fame, and initially, and that actually Lily is from that as well, and um, so we kind of leaned on that history for some time. But now we feel like we don't have to do that anymore. We have our own history. Exactly. We've been here such a long time and feel our roots are pretty deep so we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions you okay. ready yep what kind of car do you drive i drive a honda okay what's your favorite holiday well i guess that's still christmas okay what's your favorite flower well i actually just asked our gardener to plant some dahlias and some uh, zinnias because in the summer, I think zinnias are just so zingy and good news and fun. So I'd say zinnias are one of my favorites. Who's the next person you would like to paint? Well, what I've been... <laughs> this will sound odd, but what I've just started doing is some self-portraits. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you. <laughs> Me, because my class or my group of friends, who we all painted together and shared right. a model, has gone fluey because of the pandemic oh right so i don't have that option anymore so what's left is me okay well I, well you're a beautiful subject so i'm <laughs> sure they're fantastic well i did a drawing the other day and it looked like 
<laughs> the wreck of the Hasper. It was <laughs> okay, well, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak. No, I'll spare you. Last question. What are a few items in your nightstand? I have a book called It's All About Me oh. by Mel Brooks, Okay, which is hilarious. Had me laughing out loud. That's super. I love it. Um, I have a pile of books next to the next to my nightstand or on my nightstand that I put my lamp on because my lamp was too short. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, Kleenex, um, mostly books. And okay. oh, oh, and the New Yorker. I have the New Yorker. There you go. Yeah. You like a lot of reading material. I do. Your, my mind would be racing if I read before I went to bed or when I got up. But no, I it's good it's for relaxing. Me. Yeah, that's for just, you. Yeah. All right, Kate, you have been a true delight. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate your coming to see us. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.